Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU football, two wins, no losses, freshman quarterback. So what are your expectations like right now? We're expecting to hear from inside linebackers coach Paul Tidwell after practice. How is Harvey Longy emerging as a new stud linebacker on defense? Plus, Kai Nakua earned some national props and more Heisman backing for Tanner Mangum. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU. Tuesday, September 15th, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Tanner Mangum's helmet tester, Jerem Jordan. What is it, Lord Helmet? Yes. From uh, Dark Helmet? No, it's, Lord, it's Lord Helmet. From Spaceballs? Yes. <laughs> when I talked to Tanner the day after the, or uh, a couple days after the Nebraska game, it's like, did you realize people were giving you a hard time about your helmet? And he said, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was fixed, though. I think he's still, maybe it's a size too big, or I don't know. We saw what happened to his helmet on that last throw to Mitchell Juergens, right? It popped Ma- up again. Mouthpiece over his nose. Yeah. Fresh, hey, freshman probs, man. That's what's going on. You need to get on that, Jeremy, as his helmet tester. Yeah, speaking of props, I can't go top button on this. Maybe I will. It's just a little too tight. Some of these right on the Adam's apple, you know what I'm saying? I'll try it. Okay, buttoned up. We're good. Okay, so while the helmet is still somewhat of an issue for Tanner Mangum, what he's done at the end of both of his games that he's played in has not been an issue in the least. And he has earned his way into the Wikipedia Hail Mary page. Unbelievable. BYU has two references now, Jim McMahon and Tanner Mangum. Whoever did that, good job. Because it's, <laughs> it's for the people by the people, you know? You can, you can change it at any instant, and then it gets, yeah, then it gets moved around. Surely a uh, BYU fan changed that. Jim McMahon, Tanner Mangum, one and the same. Okay, hold the phone. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU offensive lineman Ului Lapuaho will not miss a game According to a statement released by BYU last night, this after further review of Lapuaho's unsportsmanlike conduct penalty in the Boise State game by CFO West. So a committee looked at it and said that the punishment that BYU is handing out internally is enough. And that's good news because now you can punch people in the groin and there's limited penalty for that, I guess. College Sports Madness names Kainakua the National Defensive Player of the Week after three interceptions and a touchdown on Saturday against Boise State. Nakua is also the Independent Defensive Player of the Week. There are only three independent teams, so that's cool, I think. National Defensive Player of the Week. That's cool. We'll focus on that The indie thing, there's three teams. Dennis Dodd of CBSSports.com joins Fox Sports' Stuart Mandel in putting Tanner Mangum at number one on his Heisman list. It appears that these two guys kind of approach this the same way, and that is, what have you done on the field right now? And nobody Why has would it be any other way? shown brighter than Tanner Mangum. It's like, a, it's like a, the polls. It's, what are you doing right now? Well, there are preseason rankings, and They're there not, are preseason it, Heisman rankings. Yeah, it makes total sense. Why would it be different? Like... Is Tanner Mangum going to win the Heisman? Uh, no, he's not. But it's fun right now. Just enjoy the moment. Women's volleyball stayed ranked number nine in the latest ABCA poll. The new women's soccer and NSCAA poll comes out today as well. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Examining expectations. Finley. 
Over the middle. Intercepted! It's a hat trick for Nakua. And he's not done. Touchdown! Can you believe it? Yes. No, I still can't. I can. But it happened. Dave McCann on the BYU TV game day replay. BYU beats Boise State 35-24. The Kainakua interception. Call it luck. Call it skill. Call it destiny. Call it a miracle. Destiny. Wow. However you slice it, BYU football is 2-0 and ranked number 19 after a win at Nebraska on a 42-yard Hail Mary pass and beating number 20 Boise State on a 35-yard fourth and seven pass. From Tanner Mangum to Mitchell Jurgens. The that Cougars really happened. are doing it with a true freshman quarterback off a two year LDS mission in June. The question now is today's Twitter question. At 2 0, how have your expectations changed for this BYU football season? Use hashtag BYUSN at scuba underscore scoob. They have not changed one bit. BYU will go 13 0, and Tanner Mangum will win the Heisman as a freshman. Okay. This is my unimpressed face. <laughs> hope and expectation. That is the best case scenario. Does everybody it? hope for 13 and 0? Every team wants to win every game. Every team wants to win every game, go to the playoff, go to the national championship. That is the hope. But is it a realistic expectation? It's not a realistic expectation for a non-power 5 team. It's not. I'm getting a headache with these blue goggles on. So you're, you're giving me a headache. With the blue dogs on, that, that's the only thing. At Cisco Roo says, not too much. I expected BYU to go at least 2-2 two and two in the first four games. I am surprised at how, we, how well Mangum has adapted. Oh, absolutely. I did, could anyone have thought that this was the best case scenario, that you win those, both those games? That you win in any way both of those games, let alone with dramatic, miraculous finishes by Tanner Mangum? It's been amazing. And BYU's 2-0, ranked 19th, playing number 10 UCLA this weekend, has a chance of something special. If BYU can pull off this win, anything is capable the rest of the season. This is the hardest game on the schedule, for me, in my opinion. I've been saying this for months. Getting through September with a 2-2 two and two record, for a lot of people, looking at who BYU played in the first four games was like, yeah, okay, I'll take that. But now that BYU has won the first two without Taysom Hill, they, they realistically, because they match up well with Michigan, Michigan's not a world beater this year. BYU could end September 3-1. and one. Some people say, 4-0, why not? Maybe. We'll, we'll see Saturday. It's a huge test. It's a huge test. I screamed for a long time that two wins in September would be really good because these are four Tough games for BYU. My point exactly. Yeah. And at this point, have I changed my expectation? No. In fact, it went down a little bit just by playing a true freshman. I expect Tanner Mangum to be a very good quarterback when all is said and done. What he's done has exceeded everyone's expectations so far. That he's won two games. I think we all thought he'd be good. But this quickly, it's been, it's been a quicker process, right? And let's acknowledge this, okay? BYU's... Just the, the margin of could be 0-2 or 1-1 to 2-0 is paper thin. The fact that BYU is 2-0 is, is a miracle in and of itself. Maybe a bigger miracle than the Hail Mary, right? So now BYU's won the first two games. So you think, okay, can you go 2-0? Can you go 1-1? You want to avoid 0-2. But guess what? If you walk out of September with two wins, I'm happy, man. I don't want to lose. I don't want BYU to lose the next two games. But when I sit back and look at how things have shaken out, 
Two wins would be pretty solid. I'm hoping for three, even four. Three would be amazing. BYU is still ranked coming out of September with four straight home games in October. So let me get this straight. BYU, when Taysom Hill goes down. The expectation dips a little bit for me. You, you, okay. you, were, you were at eight wins with Taysom Hill healthy thought, the entire season. I thought season. that that would be good. Okay. Given how tough the schedule was. And right? I said 10. I yeah. said 10 wins if Taysom can stay healthy the whole season. And I'd be lying to you if I said, well, now I need to reevaluate my, reevaluate my expectations because as high of hope as I have for Tanner Mangum, he's not Taysom Hill. You, to think that Heisman, uh, Dark Horse would be the same uh, you know, as a true freshman coming in is ridiculous to think that they would be on the same plane in any way. Okay, Therefore, if BYU lost a game or two less than what you thought, that would probably be a fair expectation. But there's this idea now because BYU with Tanner Mangum that's the, that's the craziness. has won both of the first two games. I still think winning anything, it, like if BYU won 9-plus, Gravy, baby, because eight with this schedule is tough. And remember, I'm going to give Tanner Mangum the whole season to figure it out. He hasn't figured it out. He's not making short throws. He's he's not making timing routes uh, very well right now. He's throwing deep balls for TDs, which is amazing. BYU barely got a run game in the fourth quarter. There's a lot to work on. But here's the awesome thing. BYU's 2-0. and they're, they're playing with house money in the next two games in, in my standard for September. Because BYU won the first two, they have the luxury now of being able to lo- lose three games and still have a possibility of winning 10 if you include a bowl game opportunity. Oh, they have a possibility of winning 11. They, yes, and there's something. Yeah. They have a possibility of going 13 and all. Yeah, sure. But, but, but realistically, if BYU beats UCLA... Anything is possible this year. Okay, so if, if BYU's won the first two, Jerem, mm-hmm. right now, eight wins, you still at eight wins. Anything above eight. I think people... Eight or more. I, me personally, it's a true freshman quarterback. I'm going to give him the whole season. Would you be disappointed if BYU won seven games? I would. Okay. Because they started 2-0. and But eight, you're... That means you go, what, five and five the next ten? Be, and that's, what that's, I, that's my that's point. Bad. Because yeah. BYU no, I totally won get the first two. Okay, I, again, I, w- I want to I say this. Remember when BYU pounced Texas 41-7? All of a sudden, the standard changes. That was a peak moment. That was not a regression to the mean. These hopefully aren't peak moments. Hopefully these are the number three and four moments and that wins at Michigan means something. And uh, hopefully you know, a win against UCLA or at least being competitive would mean a lot. That would mean a lot. Beating, say, Missouri. Because the five big games on the schedule, the 4th September plus Missouri, if BYU can go 3-2 and two in those games, they're in business to go 9+. plus. Cincinnati lost to Temple. They're not as, I don't know that they're as big a threat as we thought. Mark it down. If BYU finished the September with a record of 3-1, and one, they, can they go nine are plus. winning 10 games. Wow. BYU will win 10 games if they go through September 3-1. and one. If they and, go 1-1 one and one in the next two... They're three and one coming out of September. They're ranked. They have four home games in a row after that. BYU's going to win ten games here's because where, they believe. And here's where I'm coming from. And it's great. Every, everything's great right now, right? It's awesome. Here's where I'm coming from. I don't want to put all this pressure on a true freshman. I'm going to give him the whole season to make some mistakes, throw some picks. There might he might cost BYU a game or two because he's a freshman. Tanner Mangum's not your typical freshman. I get it. 
But to expect him all of a sudden to win 10 games and do all this, it's just too much for me right away. He's good. But I... But I'm things okay. happen. Well, Injuries let's happen. Let's break it down. Yeah, we we like to play the hypothetical. game. I don't want anyone to get hurt. Blah blah. blah. So, That's what happened okay. last year. So BYU, people got hurt and stuff changed. Let's say let's say BYU three and one after September, Jeremy. Amazing. Okay, three and one. They're three and one after September. Does your expectation change at that point? Yes, yes, because Tanner Mangum did that. Okay, so then the, you look it, at now. He's kind of that that learning curve is has quickened, right? All of it now. All of a sudden, you go. Okay, nine or ten is really you feasible. Just, you just in look fact, at the games. You could go ten or eleven. You look at the games left on the schedule and what which games BYU should be favored in if they are three and one after September. Connecticut win, East Carolina win, win, Cincinnati win. Because you you come out of September uh, three and one, you're ranked. BYU's ranked, maybe the rest of the season. Okay, Cincinnati that'd be wild. Competitive game. Yeah, that, it'll Cincinnati be Cincinnati's a good team. I don't care that they won to uh, lost Temple. They're still pretty Wagner good. win. Uh, oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween, BYU has a bye. November, at San Jose State. Win. Win. Well, last time was a loss. Okay, so that would, be, that would be seven guaranteed wins with Cincinnati as an unknown. Okay? You're playing uh, Fresno so, State So at seven home. and one and one unknown. And, and Missouri. Then, Missouri. Then at Missouri. That's a tough game. Say, say Missouri. Say BYU loses to Missouri. Seven and two. They only have two losses. Okay? Yeah. After that, Fresno State home. You win that. At Utah State. You never know with Utah State. Eight wins. So, right, just looking at the schedule, if BYU is 3-1, and one, you are telling me eight, eight wins is where it needs to be probably, with two unknowns, Utah State and Cincinnati. If, you, if you're telling me uh, I can double the amount of volume and then assess, yes. Right now we're assessing after two games. If you can tell me after four games, I can make, a, I can make twice the assessment. <laughs> because there's been four. But it's, it's not just fun two games. that way. I know. I'm, I'm inclined more to look at what's really going on here. There's a true freshman at quarterback for BYU. There's the hardest game on the schedule this week. If BYU can beat UCLA, anything, like Kevin Garnett said, anything is possible with BYU this season. But, in, uh, but until then, until then, I'm, I'm going to give Tanner Mangum time to learn. I, I don't want – here's the worst thing BYU fans could do is heap all this expectation on Tanner Mangum right now and ruin his career. He Let, seems to allow, be above that, though. Didn't they heap it on all last week? We have five quarters. Let's allow it to happen a little more. Okay, I, it's a I'm long season. I'm, There's tw- we're two of two of twelve listen, games in the regular season. I, that is who I am internally. I I will be patient because yeah, I understand the ex- the what what comes with having a freshman quarterback. I'm just telling you what I see with my eyes. BYU. Is a dangerous, and so am I. BYU is a dangerous team because they won those first two games. They believe. They BYU, believe. BYU believes they Confidence can win every game. Confidence is huge. Confidence yeah. is so huge. And so far they have. I mean, it's only been two, and they've been notable. The big, and, this, and this Saturday, they have a huge test. The big test comes on Saturday, and that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has played back-to-back ranked opponents in a season twice since 2005. So Boise State, 20th on Saturday, 10th ranked UCLA. In in the first situation... So this will be the third time. This will be the third time. So, let's see, in 08... 09. 09, BYU played Utah, Utah and Oregon State. And then Oregon State and, and the Vegas And won both Bowl. of those. Okay, so they won both those games. In 2012, BYU lost both of those. Oregon State at home was ranked 10th, and Notre Dame on the road was ranked 5th. Back-to-back top 10 significantly opponents. Significantly harder. 
Because BYU played in Lavelle Edwards Stadium in 08, and then uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium South in Vegas uh, in the bowl game. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Join BYU Sports Nation at 2-0. How have your expectations changed for this BYU football season? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At low pointers. Now I not only expect them to run the table, I also expect there to be a blue goggle out at the next home game. Blue goggle alert. Run the table. Oh, my goodness. I'm gathering that most of you are saying these blue goggle tweets in jest. But how many of you are are serious about expecting BYU to win every game? I can't tell with BYU fans. I don't know (laughs) because some are crazy irrational. (laughs) But to be a fan is to be irrational, is to think, what's the greatest thing we could do? And No, I get all of that. Sports is opinion-based. It's just early. I've been burned too many times on that. See the quest for perfection, for example. Let's just slow the roll, enjoy it as we go, right? At Dr. Steve Best, with the current trend, I expect to have a myocardial infar- infraction or in, I don't, I don't know if that's written right, but I'm going to cut, is it an infarction? <laughs> that's how it's spelled. That's what it looks like. That's how it's spelled. I'm not a doctor. Got okay, a broadcast. He's a doctor, so that probably means some sort of heart attack before the end of the season. What a, glor- he says, what a glorious way to go. <laughs> this just in. Kainakua named Auto Nation National Defensive Player of the Week. So he gets a na- another National Defensive Player of the Week Teaming up with College Sports Madness. Nicely done. I, I have no idea what that is. I don't know if it's some ladies' blog spot or something, but it's an award, baby. Just don't have a myocardial infarction. <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> I need to Google that. Up next, Blaine Fowler. What's his number one concern that UCLA will create for BYU this Saturday? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. Inside BYU Football is live tonight at 7.30 Eastern Time, a brand new edition recapping the week that was with Boise State. If you want to see last week's show, which was fantastic as well, that's at 7 Eastern right before. So 7 Eastern last week, 7.30, a brand new edition of Inside BYU Football. I know we've had fans tweeting about having babies born during BYU football games or basketball games. Yeah, we got a different situation. But I believe right this now. is the first time that somebody is live tweeting during a BYU Sports Nation waiting for a baby to be born. Yeah. Why are you watching the show? Um, that's awesome. I just don't think my wife would be like, hey, can you turn off the TV? Like, I, lo- I love at, it. I at love Thomas it. Rohr. What's up, Thomas? Congratulations <laughs> on the big day. It, it's apparently happening right Very now. Very exciting. Uh, I haven't given you a time yet. I'm going to go ahead and say 1054. He wanted us to. I went 1056. (laughs) Well, if it's 1055, then. 1054 is generally right around when the Cougar whip starts. You went like one. You went like one dollar on me. Uh huh. Yeah, I did. I'm going 1056. That means we have about half an hour. Okay. 1054. We're on baby watch. We wish. We wish you the best. (laughs) Transition out of that. This is what happens when BYU goes 2-0 and and they went on Hail Mary passes. The fans, like, it doesn't matter. Like, we cannot get enough BYU. And that's, we cannot get enough. That's what we want, man. We Super cannot Tuesday. get enough Blaine Fowler on Super Tuesday. There you go. You can watch him tonight on After Further Review. He joins us now in Studio B. Blaine, the fanatics are uh, out in full force right now because of what BYU has done. It's crazy. It, and you know what? 
it's been so good for BYU. When do we see BYU ranked in the AP higher than the coaches poll? It just doesn't seem like that happens very often. And and I don't think if if the two Hail Marys don't happen, or what do we is that what we call them? Or we call them manga miracles. I don't know what we call them, but yes. but whatever we call them, Correct. if those don't happen, then all of those AEP voters that are back east that don't really care, they don't pay that much attention. They all oh, BYU's two and oh, maybe we put them at twenty five. But because they're, they're such top of mind and they're the story every single every single Saturday night after a crazy play, the the voters are going. Who is this Tanner Mangum guy? And then they go study him up, and they're hearing, they're seeing him on interviews on SportsCenter and all that. Next thing you know, they understand, wait a minute, this is one of the top three quarterbacks in the country coming out of high school. I didn't realize that this kid was that good coming out of high school. You know what? Maybe BYU can still be good with a freshman quarterback. He's, he's such a high-quality guy, even though he's just off of mission. So all of a sudden, people that normally wouldn't know who he is, they know who he is. And so all of a sudden, there's this faith that BYU may be this good. Maybe they are deserving of being 2-0. and And they jump how many spots in the AP? They go from eight, 27 eight. to 19? Eight spots. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I don't think that happens without the big plays. If they just go win in standard fashion, I don't think they move up that far in the AP poll. They're style points. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Okay, so our Twitter question today is this, and this was our conversation in the first segment. At 2-0, and how have your expectations changed for the BYU football season? I, they're still the same for me, I think. Because mm. I, I, I think that UCLA is a really, really big task for them. This is, this is a really good team. Probably the most talented team BYU is going to play. And I haven't looked into Missouri enough. I know how good Missouri's been the last Struggled couple of years. Struggled with Arkansas State yeah. on Saturday. So, so I don't know. I don't know how good they will be at that point. I think Michigan, by the time they play them the following week, is going to be way better than Michigan was when they played Utah a couple weeks ago. That team's getting better every quarter, let alone every game. But So I think these next two games are, are going to be really, really stiff challenges. And I felt all along, if BYU came out of the first four games at 2-2, two and two, that that would be fantastic. I maybe my expectations have changed a little bit. I think they can be three and one. I, I really do. And if they come out of it three and one, say they go down to UCLA and they play tough and they don't win, and then they go to Michigan and they win, they're still going to be ranked coming that, out of the first four. That'd be pretty good. And and then and then who's going to knock them out of that ranking from that point forward? Nobody. Four and, straight home games after that. Yeah. The, so it really sets up if, if they can go down and play well. And I'm not saying that winning's out of the question down there. I just think this is the most difficult of the first four on the road against a very talented team with a lot of veterans. Um, but heck, if they if they play close and they beat Michigan, which I think they're very capable of doing, wow, they're, maybe they are exceeding expectations. I was hopeful for two and two. If they come out of this thing three and one, then they've exceeded my expectations. And who knows what happens uh, as we wind down that season. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation. We look ahead to BYU, the 19th ranked team in the country, at UCLA and the Rose Bowl, the number 10 team in the country. What's the number one concern that UCLA will bring to the table for BYU? They're, they're just so sound defensively that, that BYU is going to have to have some balance. I don't think the BYU is going to have as easy a time getting the ball over the top on that defense. When you look at their defense, they've got some bona fide stars on that defense. Miles Jack is – I haven't seen a player like him since – I'm trying to think of, of who's that versatile because he can play linebacker. He can play defensive. You can kind of put him anywhere on defense. He Plus really, his name, Miles yeah. Jack. Yeah, he, he might get jacked <laughs> up if he runs into you. But an unbelievably talented defender that's primarily a linebacker. Moreau is a really good lockdown corner. But it's not just the stars on defense. If you go every position defensively, you go, wow, there's really 
there's not a weakness to attack on that defense. They're all very good and very sound and very experienced. And so BYU's going to have to get more out of the run game and have more balance in this game if they're going to have a chance to stay in it and do well. They've got to be able to score some points and not have a lot of three and outs in this game. What gave you hope with the rushing game against Boise State that BYU can have somewhat of a normal uh, rushing game against UCLA? Because if they don't, I don't see any way that BYU can compete in the game. Uh, Well, I think that in the fourth quarter, especially with Adam Hine, that they turned a corner, that they started to create some seams, and, and Adam started to run with a, with a bit of abandon that I don't know that we'd seen out of any of the backs up to that point. And then we saw Algie Brown have a couple of good runs. So it became contagious. And you saw that line starting to get excited about opening holes and take some pride in that. And so, so to me, it was like a light bulb going on. They, tur- they turned the corner in the fourth quarter. And Boise State has a very good front seven. They're not quite as skilled and physical as UCLA is in the front seven. But it's a, it's a top 20 team and it's a top 20 defense I know they're not ranked right now but this Boise State it's a it's a top 20 program let's say that they have talent so there's not a huge talent gap between what they're going to see at UCLA this week and what they just saw at Boise State if they can run it as effectively as they did um, in that fourth quarter uh, against Boise State they they are capable of running the football against UCLA was there anything different that BYU was doing I mean were there more pitch outs were the blocks better like what what was the number one reason that BYU was able to run the ball in the fourth quarter against Boise State? I, first of all, it's a mindset to run the football because you have to go and just have the mindset that you're going to dominate the guy across from you up front. But I also think we saw maybe for the first time this season where BYU's offseason conditioning really paid off. I think they started to assert themselves as the game progressed. I think they were in better shape than Boise State in the fourth quarter, and then that showed up. So holes that were a yard wide in the first quarter were three yards wide in the fourth quarter, and there was room to run. And then the running backs got confidence, and they were attacking the line of scrimmage uh, more aggressively because they were assuming that there was going to be a hole there. So it was the combination of confidence in the running backs, and I, I really believe that the the offseason conditioning, we've looked at those offensive linemen. They look better than they've looked in a long time. I think it paid off Saturday. When you look at uh, what BYU is trying to get done this week, obviously UCLA. To me, if BYU can beat UCLA, anything is possible this year because that is a really good team. Uh, the true freshman quarterback matchup, both teams' nose tackles are out, uh, both prolific passing offense. What are some of the storylines going into the game for you? Well, I, I love this the two freshman quarterbacks, and they're both highly – you know, regarded coming out of high school, not the same year because Tanner went and served a mission. So they're, they didn't come out at the same time, but um, in, in Josh Rosen, you have a really skilled player like Tanner, but Rosen has a lot of, he has a Jamal Williams coming back, which Tanner Mangum doesn't have behind him. We saw the running backs pick it up, but Perkins is Paul Perkins is a guy that's averaging six point six yards a carry this season. He, he was led one the of the Pac twelve in rushing. He last was year. one of the, the top, best running back yep. you've never heard of. Yeah, and so he he comes back. It would be the same for Mangum if he had Jamal Williams coming back. I don't know. This this really was one of the premier backs in the Pac twelve, maybe better than Jamal Williams, and so he has an extra weapon. Um, that Tanner Mangum doesn't have. That's what he's got. I think the receiving cores are similar. I think BYU's got more length. Uh, UCLA's really deep at wide receiver. Um, you know, 
Jordan Payton leads this group, but they've got six or seven guys that they've been distributing the ball to. Their offense looks a lot like their defense. There's not a lot of weaknesses there, but they have that marquee running get you know back that's a, a, a he's a threat to break a big play anytime. That's the difference between the two offenses right now. So maybe Rosen has a little bit more to work with than Tanner does. BYU is a 16-point underdog at UCLA. They were a 7-point underdog at Nebraska, 3-point underdog at home to Boise State. Do you think that's fair, given that BYU has found a way to win? They're the 19th-ranked team in the country. I don't know. Maybe they're overranked. Do you, do you think it's fair to put BYU 16-point underdog to UCLA? UCLA was impressive. Virginia bolstered what everybody believes in UCLA by the way they played Notre Dame. So UCLA goes out, and they pretty much handle Virginia um, and at it, it, 34-16 ball game, and then Virginia takes Notre Dame right to the wire. In fact, probably should have. They had to make a couple of plays, and they win that ball game. Um, and so everybody goes, oh, wait, maybe UCLA's for real. And then they play UNLV, and they just have a workman-like 37-3 game. So I think UCLA is legitimately where they're at in that top 10. For BYU, the reason there's a big spread is because they're just going, wow, are they just lucky or are they good? you got to be pretty good to stay in games to have the luck at the end, but people are going, is that luck going to run out? Well, that's why I think you see the 16-point spread. Here's why I think BYU will stay closer than 16 and maybe have a chance to win. I saw defensively a huge improvement from game one to game two. They had the swagger. They played. They, they made fewer assignment errors. And I don't know whether it was having Nakua in there, whether it was Wadsworth playing free safety and getting guys lined up. They played with an edge defensively against a really good football team. And, and I, I thought they took a huge step forward. So with that, I think even though UCLA's loaded offensively with a lot of talent, they keep everything in front of them. They make UCLA drive the field. He's still a freshman quarterback, Rosen. You, you make a few mistakes. If you can win that turnover battle, then all of a sudden this game's a lot closer than 16 points and BYU has a chance to win. I've been impressed by the BYU defense as well. Uh, the 24 mark, you know, they give up 28 at Nebraska, 24 against Boise State. I thought that's what the season would be was the offense is going to have to score probably in the low 30s. And then the defense would give up mid to high 20s. And that's what we've seen in the beginning. Do you think a similar type of outcome uh, could happen in Pasadena this Saturday? That's, I don't know. I think the defense is going to have to hold them lower than 24. So UCLA comes into this game number 11 scoring defense in the country, 9.5 points a game. Now, keep in mind, they played UNLV. Virginia and UNLV. Yeah. But, U, but UVA is not bad offensively, and they held them to 16. Um, it's... It's a really good defense. They're a top 35 total defensive team. They're only giving up 287 yards a game. So it's a really sound defense, UCLA is. So we can't expect, and this is the best defense they faced. It's better than Boise State. It's better than, more talent than Boise State. They're better than Nebraska. That's probably the best defense they'll face yeah, all year. This, this, this whole season. And so to expect BYU to go out and score in the 30s against that defense um, I think puts too much pressure on that offense with a young quarterback. So my feeling is that the BYU needs to get into the – into the mid-20s, and they need to hold UCLA to below that pillar that they've had for years of 24 or less if they're going to have a chance. And how do you do that? You create a couple turnovers. So you get the ball. They don't have an opportunity to score. You give your offense a couple of short fields. So I I think the formula for victory is more like a 28-21 type of a thing, 27-21 type of a thing. When you look at Tanner Mangum, and you mentioned, like, you've got to be patient because he's a young quarterback. He's still learning and developing. What is the number one thing that he needs to work on from what you've seen on film? His, his vision's just going to come, and that's just a matter of getting reps. So right now, he'll never say this, but 
hey, I've been out there as a sophomore, and I know how hard it is to see things downfield. It just seems so muddled down there for you. And every rep that you get in a game situation, it gets a little bit clearer, and it starts to happen a little bit slower. So that's a matter of time. He's just going to get better at that. What he needs to focus on is getting the ball up on time. And so when even when he's rolling out, if he sees somebody open, he's got to immediately make a, de- a decision decisively and just get rid of the football. Because – Players are open for a lot shorter period of time in college than they are in high school. When a player comes open in high school, a receiver, he breaks open. He usually gets more open as the play goes on. So he comes off the break. He's open by a yard. Oh, another second later, he's open by five yards. He's running away from the DBs. In college, he's open on the break, and then the DB closes, and he's not open anymore. So he's got to be confident in his decision-making and get rid of the football as soon as he sees somebody come open. What can we expect uh, to see tonight on After Further Review? We're going to break down that Boise State game, talk about how much better that defense was, for sure. And, uh, of course, we're going to break down some of the big plays offensively. But we're we're also going to give you a really good preview of what BYU has to do to be able to stay with UCLA down in Pasadena. It's going to be fun. We'll break down some film for you. As long as Mitchell Juergens is celebrating in the star fashion, if BYU can have more of that, things will be good at UCLA. Yeah, it'll, hey, the receivers have to play big, period, for them to be good. And and they've got to make plays because Mangum's a young guy. He's going to throw some balls into coverage. They have to make sure that they're the ones that catch it. And if they don't catch it, don't let the other team catch it. That's the key. De- become a defender if the ball's thrown into a crowd. That's exactly what Trevor Maddich told us yesterday during Maddich Monday. He, he pinpointed the receivers and said they've got to go up and beast that ball away. He compared it to... If you're in a family of 10, there's one cookie left in the cookie jar. You got to go work for that cookie. It's so, so when I, we share, though? You no, know, we shouldn't share. In that share. situation? No. Shouldn't not we be kind? Only share with your teammates. Don't oh, okay. share with strangers. Oh, okay. So, and Beat that cookie and give it to another sibling. <laughs> give it to one of your friends. So if you want to tip it over. <laughs> Ain't no if, stranger coming into the if, kitchen is taking your cookie. If you're well, jerking, you want to tip all, it to Matthews. You don't know each other in the analogy. That's true. <laughs> but it's what, back in the olden days when Trevor and I were playing together, we had Glenn Kozlowski. Glenn Kozlowski, if ever I was in the game with Glenn Kozlowski and he was covered and everybody else looked like they were recovered, it was a no-brainer for me. Throw it to Glenn. It will not get intercepted. He will pull the other guy's helmet off by his face mask before he'll <laughs> let it get intercepted. It's better to have an offensive yeah. and pass so, so I, That's how this, with a young quarterback, that's how this receiving core has to play. It's just like nobody's catching the football but us. And if they have that mentality, they can really help their young quarterback out. Great stuff. Blaine Fowler, always nice to have you in studio. Be watching tonight on After Further Review, 8 p.m. Eastern, a brand new episode as they break down the Boise State film and look ahead to UCLA. Thanks, Blaine. You bet, guys. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, it's that time again. Big deal, no deal. What do you think? The Cougars as a 16-point underdog at UCLA? Send us in your opinions using the hashtag BYUSN. Our homie in the delivery room hasn't tweeted in 20 minutes. Huh? BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday starts tonight at 6 Eastern time with BYU Sports Nation rebroadcast of this very program, followed by uh, 7 Eastern last week's Inside BYU Football, 7.30. This week's Inside BYU Football, brand new edition, and then after further review, coming up at 8. It's a Super Tuesday or Tuesday, as my dad says, starting at 6 Eastern. Listen, you, you called out Thomas Rohrer. You said, hey, what, what's the word? What's going the on? Delivery? We haven't heard anything. He just tweeted two minutes ago, it's go time. Yeah. They are paging the doctor. Let's go. Let's go. Hashtag no baby yet. Hashtag getting close.
Let's go. Baby Taysom is ready to come into the world. <laughs> Baby it, Tanner. <laughs> Baby Tanner. Baby Nicholas Kurtz. <laughs> Baby Elite. His name is Elite Roarer. <laughs> oh, yeah, is it a girl? <laughs> you can be Elite, too. That is true. No that, gender bias with the leader. Not. Let's Come refresh on. today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Uh, oh, okay. I'm BYU Sports Station on the delivering room. Yep. Let's, Dubai earlier in the week, the delivering room. Game face off. What, what else do you have? Game face off. Oh, because it's a serious topic. Yep. BYU offensive lineman Ului Lapuaho will not miss a game, according to a statement released by BYU last night. This after further review of Lapuaho's unsportsmanlike conduct penalty during the Boise State game by CFO West. So another governing body came and looked at this and determined that the punishment that BYU will handle internally is enough. Kainakua has won two National Defensive Player of the Week awards after his three-pick and uh, pick-six performance on Saturday against Boise State. College Sports Madness, and then the Auto Nation National Defensive Player of the Week. Congratulations. He's also the Independent Defensive Player of the Week, which doesn't really mean a lot. There's three teams in there. Dick Vitale would say, all the trifecta takeaways. It's pretty good. Dennis Dodd of CBSSports.com joins Fox Sports' Stuart Mandel in putting Tanner Mangum at number one on his Heisman list. I thought it was Trevor uh, Magnum. Trevor Magnum. Trevor Magnum. Women's volleyball stayed ranked number nine in the latest AVCA poll, and the new women's soccer NSCAA poll comes out today as well. Also, men and women's track and field, both in the top 25. I don't know exactly what number, but that's what they tweeted. I don't know what it is about the names that are close, but it always it always makes me laugh. Like, that Tyson Hall, he can sure play quarterback Tyson, for BYU. Tyson. And that Trevor Magnum. Tyson. Wow, I tell you what. Jameer. Jerome. I tell, I tell you what, Jerem. Brandon Davis. <laughs> Kyle Collingsworth, <laughs> Noah Hartstock, Trevor there are Magnum. So, there are so many. They've all been said by ESPN people, too, like most of those. Collingsworth. We can do nope. better. We can do more betterer. We, we can do better than that. You know what we should do right now? Sports content. It's time to play Big Deal. Big no Deal. deal. No, no Deal. deal. Okay, here's how it works. If you're new to the program, we throw out a situation, a circumstance, and then Jeremy and I decide if that is a big deal or no deal. Brought to you by Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the Western United States for over 65 years. Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. Number one. Big deal, no deal. BYU, a 16-point underdog at UCLA. (gasps) Big deal. That's a huge number for number 19 to go on the road. It's not like BYU's unranked and 1-1 or 0-2. BYU's 2-0. 16's a lot. People think UCLA is going to work BYU. I think BYU covers in that. I think it's a big deal because of the mentality that BYU will take into that game. Okay. All of the players are going to hear all week long. Oh, UCLA's a 16-point favorite? You don't think that that's going to... Yeah, I love it that way. Oh, absolutely. So this is a big deal because it will only motivate a BYU team that is high in confidence, that feels like it doesn't matter what happens on the field. We will find a way to win this game. And they have. And now they have this tough test and have extra motivation going into that game. Number two. Big deal, no deal. The combo of Hauk and Kurtz combined for zero catches versus Boise State. It's a big deal because against UCLA, 
You need the elite ones to step up if they are such, okay? If Mitch Matthews is elite, he's got to prove it against a team like UCLA. If Nick Kurtz is elite, he's got to show up. You can't go over. Nick Kurtz, I guess, got in the doghouse. He wasn't hurt, didn't play for part of the game, uh, had that one pick happen and apparently got in the doghouse. Nick Kurtz needs to be a big deal. Taron Hawk needs to be a big deal. Mitch Matthews needs more than 32 receiving yards against UCLA like he had against Boise State. This is a big deal. I know that Juergens and Blackman stepped up. Both had over 100. You need these guys against UCLA, man. I say it's no deal because BYU won the game. It didn't matter. Hauk and Kurtz had no catches, and BYU won the game. That's true. So it didn't matter. I agree with you on Boise State. Uh, For UCLA, pushing it forward, huge deal that those guys had no catches. Hauk and Kurtz? Number three. Big deal, no deal. Tanner Mangum listed as the leading Heisman candidate by Mandel and Dodd. Uh, Right now, big deal. For the whole season, no deal, obviously. It only matters if you win it at the end. But it's fun to be mentioned. Like I've been screaming this whole week. It's only Tuesday. Man, it's gone by slowly. It's gonna be, it's, but it's awesome. It's a big deal right now. Just enjoy the moment. Just enjoy the moment. Is Tanner Mangum going to win the Heisman? He'd be the first true freshman ever to do that. Manziel and uh, Winston were red shirts, okay? So that's a, just enjoy it. It's, it's September 15th. It's a big deal because it creates more notoriety and exposure for the BYU brand. Sure. Yeah. That's the point of independence. Absolutely. This happening right now is the reason that BYU opted to go independent. So they could play important games, have an opportunity to win important games, and get noticed. Well, guess what? Tanner Mangum and BYU are getting noticed. There's not a more talked about team in college football right now because of what they've done in the first two weeks. Just enjoy it, man. Tell me another team that's talked about more. North Dakota State. No, yeah, exactly. There isn't. It's Appalachian because BYU State. has won in miraculous, dramatic, unforgettable fashion. That's why they're the most discussed team right now. This is a big deal. Number four. Big deal, no deal. Three BYU teams, teams ranked in the top 20 right now. And five in the top 25 now. Unbelievable. BYU Fall Sports is fantastic. If you didn't know this, BYU has the top non-Power 5 sports program in the country. But now you have these in the top 20? Big deal. How could it not be a big deal? It's a big deal. Coming up after the break, we go to BYU football practice. And we remind you with the generous support of Cougar Club, the Cougar Club rather, BYU's 623 student-athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation. And welcome to the club. Up next to BYU football practice to get a gauge of what they're doing to prep for UCLA. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live in Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation live, watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. And inside BYU football, a brand new edition looking back at the week that was against Boise State is live tonight, 7.30 Eastern time on BYU TV. Joining us now via the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is BYU inside linebackers coach Paul Tidwell. Coach, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you, guys. Good to, good to be with you. You see Mitchell Jurgens catch the second manga miracle. Where are you on the sideline and who are you hugging? <laughs> Actually, I was about at the 50-yard line looking down the field thinking, hey, we just need seven yards, get us in field goal range. And I saw him throw it deep, and I go, oh. And it's one of those, 
where I just turned and looked at the crowd. My hands are out. I'm watching the crowd just go nuts. And I'm just like, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks in a row. And uh, I was just more dumbfounded than anything. I was like, <laughs> unbelievable. I was so happy for uh, Mitch and so happy for Tanner and for all of our players. It was just an exciting moment. Um, fans were outstanding. And to see the everybody in white and the crowd go crazy like that it was it's got to rank up there in one of the top top moments in in my coaching career it was just unbelievable then the next possession Kainakua picks off the pass what was going through your mind on that as he continues to run up field when i think uh, a lot of people wanted him just to get down right <laughs> we were we were all yelling get down get down flashbacks of the utah game uh when Brandon Bradley intercepted a ball, we had the lead, and somebody stripped him from behind, and, and they ended up scoring. And um, So we were all just yelling, get down, get down. And I saw one of their uh, receivers, a uh, fast kid, running up behind him, and I'm thinking, oh, he's going to try and punch the ball out. We're all just yelling, get down. And then uh, Micah Hanneman blocked that receiver, and Kai went on to go into the end zone. And, again, it's one of those where – you're yelling, get down, get down, and then all of a sudden you're jumping up and down and cheering and celebrating with everybody else. It was That was fantastic. What, a, what a, an emotional rush. Coach, obviously winning is the most important thing when you look at both of these games. doesn't matter how, you, you just found a way to win, but how much more of this style of winning can you handle? Well, at my age, not very much more. <laughs> <laughs> I like the I like it when we're three touchdowns ahead and and kind of cruising through the fourth quarter. But um, it, it sure makes it exciting for for all the viewers and for the fans and and it shows a lot of resiliency from our players. You know, it shows the their drive and their belief in one another and their trust in one another. And so, I think wins like this mean so much more because it, it builds so much character and I think it helps kind of define who the players are and who the team is and. And to stand behind, uh, you know, a young freshman quarterback and everybody uh, do their jobs to help to help get those wins, I think builds a lot of character for our team. At the beginning of a season, you gather a group of players, you get them out on the field, and then you create probably an internal expectation among the team of how you think you'll do. After two games, how has that evolved in your mind? Well, I, I think... It goes way back to just beginning of the season. I, I think summer workouts and and seeing what they were doing together as a team, how much time they were spending together, teaching each other the offense and the defense, and and you, you could just kind of tell this was going to be a, a kind of a special group. Whether they win or lose, it, it felt it felt different. It felt like there was more chemistry and more. Um, unity among the team and it, it felt different when we came in through it and went through fall camp and and um, I, I think that's kind of manifesting itself in in the sideline behavior and how they're behind each other and helping each other and uh, like just last night uh, one of my linebackers came up and said coach we met last night with the dbs and they were saying this and this and this and we were talking about this and you know those things coaches don't make our players do they just doing it on their own and so I think this is a special group BYU as a defense has only given up one play of 30 yards or more through two games that's good for a top 15 stat in the country 
What has allowed that to happen and transpire? Well, I, I think a couple things. I think the players knowing their assignments and executing it, and I, and I think the emphasis that we've made on uh, explosive plays. I, there's a study that if an offense has an explosive play over 16 yards on a drive, the percentages of them scoring on that drive go way up. I can't ima- I can't remember exactly what that percentage was. So I think we've been trying to emphasize not giving up expos- explosive plays e- even in a drive because the percentage of them scoring goes up. So, And then I think <clears throat> just um, – I think Coach Mendenhall's done a great job with putting the players in in the right position, and and Coach Howell's doing a great job with the secondary, um, trying to keep the ball from going over the top. So I think it's been really emphasized. Coach, we wish you the best of luck at UCLA on Saturday. We appreciate your time during a busy week, and uh, we are certainly enjoying the ride along with you. Well, we'll look for you. We'll look for you there on the, on the, on the field. You got it. Thanks, Coach. Okay, bye. Paul Tidwell on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I think I think his guys are playing really well. He coaches the inside linebackers, the Mike and the Bucks, so Pikula, Longy, those guys. I think they're making plays out on the field. Longy is a force in the backfield. Yeah, and somebody just said on Twitter, how come no love for Longy? Oh, well, we understand. He is balling out. Up next, we wrap up BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. We have not heard anything from our friend and member of BYU Sports Nation, Thomas Rohrer. Oh, they'd be pushing right now. They're in the delivery room, apparently watching BYU Sports Nation up until the moment. Who knows? Maybe watching right now. It could be on right now. You can do it. You can do it. (laughs) Keep going. It's It's an intense place, man. In all seriousness, we we wish we wish you the best of luck. Very exciting time. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. And it goes to the man who provided the trifecta of turnovers. Kainakua. The Kaisman. National Defensive Player of the Week from uh, two different Sources, college Night. sports madness. Great auto, game for Kai in his first auto zone. He had something. to make up for uh, the Nebraska game. He said, "Auto Nation National Defensive Player of the Week." Yeah, and that was well played on his part. Twitter questions today: Two and zero. How have your expectations changed for BYU football this season? At BYU nineteen eighty four, Andrew says, "I feel like BYU is in every game. I expect us to compete and have a chance to win the next two. My expectations have been met." Okay. Elite tweet of the day from at Mo underscore Finn. My expectations never change. Going undefeated every year. Hashtag Blue Goggles firmly on. I need a receiver. Thanks to Blaine Fowler, Paul Tidwell, everybody on our crew. Conversation 24-7 on Twitter. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Check out the podcast on iTunes. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Tyson Smith.